It is my pleasure to be able to welcome you here today. Thank you for joining us for worship. We are glad you're here. We're glad Todd's able to be back with us today, and we're glad to see all of you here. Thank you so much. And if you're a guest, we welcome you today, and we'd invite you to go by the Welcome Center and pick up a gift that we have for you out there. There's bags on the end. Just pick one up and uh, take it home and enjoy the gift and uh, look at the material inside. It'll answer some questions that you may have. But thanks for being here today. And for those of you who've joined us by live stream, we welcome you today. And we pray that you, along with everybody in here, feels the presence of the Lord in this place as we worship him. I want to give you an opportunity to stand and greet those around you and let you know you're glad they're worshiping with you today. And then we'll join in singing, holy, holy, holy.
Baby 
Thank you. you. may be seated. Praise God for his spirit in this place. And we are so grateful that you are here today. For those of you worshiping online, we welcome you to this service. And we welcome the Holy Spirit in this place. I think we can all agree we feel his presence here today. And so grateful to be back with you after uh, being gone last week. And so grateful for Bill Adcock on short notice for coming in, doing a beautiful job, and JT for leading the prayer time. Thank you all so much for doing an awesome job. And thank you for your love, your faithfulness, and your prayers. And I'm so thankful that we are a church that believes in the power of prayer. Who believes in prayer today? We all believe in the power of prayer. Amen. And we know that we do have a God who is able to do immeasurably more than we could ask or imagine according to his power that is at work within us. And if you would like to tap into that power, there's an opportunity if you're in this place, certainly wherever you're worshiping, you can pray. But if you would like to come and kneel at this altar or, or just stand where you are, however the Holy Spirit leads you, I invite you to come join me as we lift up our prayers together. Won't you come pray with me today? pray together. God, we thank you for your presence in this place. We can feel your mighty power and your grace. Father, we are humbled that you would love us so much that you would come in the form of a man and down an old rugged cross to save us from our sin. Father, how could we ever repay you? How could we ever thank you enough but to commit our lives to surrender to you and to follow you every day that we live? God, it's my prayer that we would seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and know that all these other things will be added or given unto us. But may we seek you first And Father, when we turn our eyes upon Jesus, the things of this earth will grow strangely dim in the light of your glory and grace. And Father, I lift up families grieving today. I lift up people at this altar, people praying from their seats, people praying from home or wherever they may be worshiping. Father, I lift up a special prayer for the more family and the unexpected passing of Alice yesterday. This family's had such great loss. And I pray that you would wrap your arms around them and comfort them, Father, as they grieve. And Father, we pray for so many who are battling right now and struggling for the Badgett family as Pat Badgett is ready to transition into her eternal life. And Father, for Ann Smith, who now has cancer, and Father, we pray for this family. And 
Father, for Jim Scott and so many right now, God, that are going through health issues. We know you're the great healer and the great physician, and all things are possible for those who believe. Heal it. Heal them. Father, if it be your will, that you would be glorified in and through it. Father, I pray for our country. I pray, God, for our leaders. I pray, Father, for unity and healing and peace. Father, may it begin in each of our hearts. And Father, if there is anything in my heart or our hearts that are hindering our relationship with you or others or your spirit from having full control in our lives, remove it, God, so that we might be a pure and holy vessel for your spirit to live in and flow through. And Father, I pray today a special prayer for my friend, my sister in Christ, Michelle Nieder, that you would use her, God, in a mighty way. May your Holy Spirit speak in and through her and speak to us, God, that we might be challenged to grow in our faith, to grow closer to you and one another. God, as we seek to glorify and honor you. So, Father, we love you. And, Father, I'm grateful for this loving church family. Father, for their love, prayers, and support that they show Kelly and me and our family on a daily basis. And may they know, God, how much we love them and are grateful for them and this church and grateful for the privilege of serving you in this place. So, Father, bless each one. Continue to bless the others who are grieving and hurting and struggling today. Maybe it's with an addiction. Maybe it's with depression. Maybe it's with loneliness. Maybe, God, it's with bitterness or unresolved anger or unforgiveness. Oh, God, meet us where we are. And we'll just thank you and praise you for the victory we're trusting you to bring even now in the strong and holy and powerful name of Jesus we pray amen we are so thankful that you're here today and we welcome you once again we welcome the Holy Spirit in this place I'm so honored today and happy to introduce to you our guest that will be coming to speak. You know, God's timing is perfect. Did not know when we uh, asked Michelle to come speak that I would get sick and uh, kind of have a rough few days, and she was already scheduled to come, so it worked out beautifully that Michelle could be here. Some of you all maybe met Michelle at our 2022 Devoted Women's Conference, she came, and even though I was not uh, one of the ladies at the conference, I did sit in the back, and I was able to hear a powerful and beautiful message, but Michelle uh, Needard is a children's and family counselor from the Dallas-Fort Worth area. Uh, she is a clinical director and owner of a large counseling center there. She is a successful author. Uh, I actually was going to be in town uh, doing a book signing this weekend and, and even one of her books up for an award. And uh, I'm so grateful that she has her own podcast and ministers to so many. 
in so many ways. She's a wife. She's a mother. She is a friend, and I'm so grateful that last year God brought she and my wife Kelly together, uh, even though it was through, I guess, social media at first, and then how they've developed a friendship, and Michelle is a down-to-earth. Uh, she uses humor and the hope of Jesus and also our responsibility as Christians to follow and serve the Lord. And we are humbled and honored to have you, Michelle. Thank you for being here. And after the choir comes, we invite you to come and share what the Lord has laid on your heart. I know that you will welcome Michelle. And at this time, thank you, Bill and Choir, for coming to lead us.
Yeah, good. Yeah. Well, good morning. I am so excited to be with you here today. And today I want to talk to you about light. Because I feel like right now, as I work with people in our counseling center and I travel across the country, we're struggling with darkness. We're struggling with a lot of darkness in our lives. And a lot of us don't want to talk about it. Or we love somebody who's struggling with a lot of darkness in our lives. And so I want to kind of give you some hope today as we go through this going to get this run in here. But I want to tell you what the darkness looks like right now. The research says in the National Institute of Mental Health, one in three kids under 18 have a mental health diagnosis. The most common one we're seeing is anxiety. They have this energy in their bodies and they're kind of like this. And I think a lot of us feel that way. We went through a time in our culture where we got shut down and it came out of nowhere and we're kind of like, what's next? And, and we've got this kind of on edge feeling that it's time to begin to breathe in God's love as I talked to the women's about and breathe out some of our worries and reset that part of our brain, which is our amygdala that wants to stay in a fight and flight stage. I don't think that's how God wants the next generation to live. But I know as even I looked in kids in the room and they started back to school this week, there's nerves. Some schools feel safe, some schools don't feel as safe. Some classrooms feel more safe than others. And we're sending them off every day to that place. Parents, today we spend less time with our kids than forever before. And I think it's becoming a real challenge to disciple them. In fact, I love seeing parents and grandparents. I've seen some and grandchildren, and I met a great-grandchild sitting with, with her great-grandmother behind her in the church because I think it's going to take all of us to be disciple-makers of the next generation. We the suicide rate is growing People are wanting to go to heaven early. Imagine that. But, but that's not what we were designed to do. We were designed to stay here until God's purposes for our lives are fulfilled. But some of us have gotten off track with that because it's hard right now. Just hard to be here sometimes. And then the, the research says that the 18 to 24-year-olds are some of the most hopeless generation we've ever encountered. Housing prices are going up. School prices are going up. Inflation is going up. I'm making some of you anxious right now, aren't I? As I'm talking about this, yes. Because if we fix our eyes on the, I think that's what the enemy wants to do, right? On the chess pieces that are going around, it'll just make us crazy. It'll make us just really feel all that anxiety. And I think this generation is struggling to believe there's still hope. There will still, God will still provide for me just as he has for all the generations before. And then we go to age 65 plus. Some of you are watching me right now online probably, and I want to greet you this morning. My parents are slowly coming back to church because they're more at risk. My mom got COVID for the first time. My dad's in a super high-risk category with some health issues. And man, you talk about bringing your kids to prayer. That'll bring you to prayer with one in the house there. And, you know, we're like, mom, Dad, stay away from mom. Stay away from mom. <laughs> Never thought I'd be saying that to my 78-year-old father. But 
it's different. It's different today. And then some of you kids who are sitting in this audience, you know what I'm talking about with this next one. The Barna, which is the Christian Research Organization, joined with Awana, which is a great discipleship program. My kids learned 256 verses through that program. And the research says that this generation is going to school for the first time in a culture that's not just neutral to God, but the values are anti. They're dealing with things like, should I be a boy or a girl? They're dealing with things like, what, who am I going to have sex with in a way we've never experienced before? Some of you guys don't even want to hear about this, I know. But I want you to be aware that there are real struggles. And I'm sitting here with your new, new, new youth minister looking at me, and he knows what we're talking about. Because if you go into public schools, I used to be a public school counselor. These kids are living these questions that we never even thought to ask ourselves in the process. So it is more important than ever that we connect with God. And here's why. Because if we want hope and we want to get out of this darkness, I think we have to plug into the light in a way we've never done before. And that means starting first thing in the morning with that. You know, Jesus even said it. He said so clearly. He starts in John 8, 12. He says, I am the light of the world. I wish I could like post. There needs to be a like cross right here. I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me won't walk in darkness. That means darkness can be around you and you won't walk in it. Isn't that kind of comforting to think about? That you can bring this light. You can plug into this light. That's Jesus. And, and you can walk with him. Kids in the school. You, he, you don't have to leave him behind at home. He can go with you even though it's hard. Some of us, as we're going into our jobs and we're wondering about those and everything else, or, we're, or even if you're at home and you're just feeling isolated, because loneliness can bring darkness into our lives, that we have that light. And that light is love. If I leave you with one message today, above all things that I do, it would be that this source that you're plugging into, he loves you. That song brought me to tears with your worship team today because he gave his life for you. He loves you so much. And if you could grab onto that love and believe that that's enough instead of what you do and how you look and how much people like you and what you got, life is easier. It's just easier that way. It's what I'm trying to train these girls and kids to believe as we work on this children's books that we're working on. There are lots of ways to connect to him, and I'm not going to spend a lot of time here, but I think it's important we look at this. I tell families, it's hard to hold on to hope when you don't know the promises of God. It's really important that we learn that he's not given us a spirit of fear, but a power, truth, and a sound mind a power and love and a sound mind. It's important we know we can cast our cares upon him because he cares for us. And I think as we begin this process of connecting with him, it's helpful to know who he is because it says his word will be a lamp to us. It'll bring us light. Prayer will bring us light. Prayer allows us to connect with him. And I'm not going to go through the whole list. I think this one's really important today. You know, I'm in the age range of like the youth ministry. I got a 12 and a 15-year-old. Y'all saw a picture of them up there. And we're running a lot. And I am learning the value like never before. And as I listen to messages and Christian leadership all across the country as I'm traveling, you know what the number one thing leaders who are having an impact on the culture are saying? They're spending more time being still. Yeah. I get it because from a psychological perspective, it resets your mind and your body to be still. 
It's a little hard for me. I'm a little wiggly. I mean, I was that little kid in church who's like pulling up her socks or doing something like that so I don't drive everybody else crazy in the pew. But I think learning that being still, and so we know he's God before we hit this darkness is so important. And then worship, and then other people. I, get, I went, went out with your pastor's wife this morning for breakfast, and there's something that happens when two or more are gathered, and you're, and you're coming at a different perspective. We need that life in our lives. But I really want to spend more time on this next part. I want to encourage you to be creative with God's word because, you know, today, Alexa can tell you the Bible verse. You, there are new ways, and I know we're kind of like scared of technology as, as a Christian culture, but I think we can use it for a lot of good. The Bible app is a great way. Now, you got to be careful with that with your kids. Uh, I want to warn you about that. Just make sure you're watching that Bible app and making sure messages aren't coming in. But it's a, it's a way that they can learn a verse of the day. My son wakes up in the morning and says, Alexa, tell me the, open the Bible app and tell me the verse of the day. And he's laying in bed, barely awake. But we're getting that word of God into him first thing in the morning. And I think it's important. We, this, is, this is the end of biblical illiteracy to me. Because for the first time in our culture... I mean, is, can you find God's truth somewhere really fast? Yeah. You can grab a phone. You can grab a friend. You can grab podcasts. I mean, you can hear a preacher that you never dreamed of getting here in your whole life because you can't travel to hear them. But they're right there now and access to us. So many ways to be creative with that. I think it's important to refill daily. I love, I heard Jerry Jenkins speak, and he wrote the biography of Billy Graham. And he talked about how Billy had Bibles out all over his house. And Jerry was a little confused about this, just laying open. And he said, you know how you have, you eat snacks sometime during the day? I just want to be able to snack on God's word wherever I am in the house. I think some of us need a snack during the day to fuel us and to fuel our spirit with more hope. I put devotionals in the bathroom. People are sitting you know, if you're potty training any of you, are potty training your kids. You're spending a lot of time in the bathroom. So sticky notes on the mirror in your car. I've learned so much scripture by doing that. Um, putting them on your steering wheel. If you're a teenager learning to drive, that's, you know, we want you paying attention to the road. But when you're at a stoplight, you can glance down at that verse and start learning that. At the kitchen sink, different places like that. The place I love the most is the mirror. If I could go into every high school today, I would sneak in the truth of Scripture. I'd be careful. But when those girls look in the mirror, they look at what's wrong with them. They don't look at the fact that they're created by God and they're here for a purpose and they're beautiful in his eyes. And, and they need that. You can put a screensaver. I have a screensaver that has my book title on it right now. It says, make up your mind. Because I'm either going to make up my mind on how I'm going to feel today or I'm going to let be tossed by the wind and the waves. I want you to think about right now how you would like to feel for the rest of the day. And then I'd like you to think about what do you need to think to feel that way? Because a lot of us are waking up just seeing how we feel, and that's not a good deal. Kind of made a rhyme there. But, you know, really and truly, it's not a good deal to wake up and see how you feel. Because most of us feel grumpy, tired. I got this knee brace going on right now. I'm a little achy. Anybody else? You know, it's hard for you kids, right? You're waking up about the time your melatonin, that's the sleep hormone in your body, spike. So you feel, you don't feel very energetic at that moment a lot of times. I think we can even, uh, my favorite place to experience God is in nature. I like to just get outside and, and breathe it in 
And, and I think even if you're on a recess break at school, maybe you realize that the sun is shining on you and that is the light of God that he created shining on you today. Okay. I think with kids, we want to stay age appropriate. I think with kids, we're going to need more help than others. I want to challenge each one of you to be an extension cord for a kid. Because sometimes in order to plug into that source, we need an extension cord. And that's where I think we can be so creative. You can pray for them in carpool line. That's something I do every morning with my kids. And I ask them these questions a lot. How can I serve you today? How can I make your life easier? Because it's hard sometimes. How can I pray for you? And then through praying for them, I learn their challenges that they're facing. My dad watched Bible videos with my son. You know, I think that's where we redeem things. He would get the Bible videos out. And my son, when he was little, sit on his lap. I have grandmothers who have bought Loved and Cherished, which is a devotional I write. And they call their granddaughter after school to check in with her because mom's busy working to make sure she got home okay. And they read that together. I love that. You can disciple from afar. The, see, isn't that kind of cool now? My son and I are memorizing scripture together right now. Psalm 23 has been a huge verse. And as I've gone through some struggles this year, um, it's just come back to me. And I realized he doesn't have that memorized. So I just told him, why don't we work on it? Kind of, He's like, well, mom, I know the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. And I'm like, one down, six to go, you know. So, And, and just beginning that process. You can, you can text, you've got teenage grandkids or kids, text them a Bible verse. Just send them encouragement. I'm praying for you. I think we adults need this too. Do it for a friend. I love when somebody says, my mom, I love it when she just says, hey, I'm praying for you this morning. It's good. Somebody's got my back if I'm a, I've got a little slack going on. It's a good thing. Um, watch shows with them, and I'm going to give you a really important thing. I learned this from Carrie Newhouse, and I think we're in a Christian culture sometimes where we're cynical about how the world is going, and I think when we watch stuff with our kids, we want to say, that's awful and that's wrong. and I don't like that. But I think we need to be curious more. Like, what do you think about that? What do you think God would think about that? What do you think that's going to do in the life of someone? I think that curiosity opens doors to conversation instead of shutting things down. Like, I know I'm the only one who gets the eye roll, like I don't know anything anymore, and my IQ's dropped as a parent. Some of you remember those days, right? Some of you are in a better place now. Your kids are older, and your IQ's gone back up again a little bit. (laughs) They appreciate your wisdom a little more. Here are obstacles that keep us from connecting to God, I think. Our priorities. But I want to talk about this one. You know what? When I get in front of the Lord, sometimes I feel all the things that the busy world can distract me from. And some of us don't like to feel those things. We don't want to feel the real. We can put on a great mask and look real good and pretend like it's all going, how you doing? Great. But sometimes when we're still before God, the other wells up in us and it wells out. And it's so good that it does because, guys, you don't want it stuck in you. That's what leads to like panic attacks and depression and things like that. When we take our pain and we hide it or addictions because we take our pain and we numb it instead of bringing our pain before the God who understands pain so well and wants to not fix it. It'd be nice. I kind of wish he'd fix it. I'm just going to be honest. But I think what he does is he loves us through it. And there's hope in that, that he's going to love us through it. We're going to be able to feel the pain And then he's going to help heal us in that process. 
I think it's really important after we connect with God that we connect to a church, to our church. And let me tell you why I think that's so important. First of all, we're called to it. It says, once you're in darkness, you, but now you're in the light of the Lord. And it says, walk as children in the light. And I think one place we learn to walk as children in the light, I think the church is a great place to teach us how to do that. And the way it does that is it fuels our light. Anyone sometimes feel like your light's flickering? Like, you know, you just can't. And then you'll go to a Bible study or a prayer meeting, and all of a sudden the energy of somebody else will kind of help you kind of stir that light back. I think we were created to do that. I think that's what the body of Christ is all about. I think the light can protect you when your light is weak. I, I pray for this youth group as you get a new youth minister in, that you will become a safe place for each other, where it's not about cliques and who knows more of the Bible or who's doing what they're not supposed to, but it's really about loving each other and acknowledging how hard it is and encouraging one another to know God and to make him known. Because we need that protection sometimes. We need a place to go. And I know my daughter soaks up so much from small group youth ministry like that. To have a place to say, it's hard. I'm having a hard time. And for people to stand over her and even pray for her. And then here's something else I think that happens. I'm in a bunco group. And the majority of the women in the Bunko group are not believers, I think. And it's, it's, I did this on purpose because I think sometimes you can get too into your little circles and not even be out there. And I wanted to do that. But at first, I kind of felt overwhelmed. And then I realized a couple other of the members were believers. And doesn't your light just feel better when there's just a couple other lights around you? Don't you feel a little more comfortable with that and encouraged by that. And I think the church allows that. It, it makes an attractive light and it can help us with that. I want to talk to you about ways to connect. Show up and smile. That's a great way to start. But I want to challenge you to take it beyond that. Meet people. If, if I, you know what? I may do it. Let me see how much. I got time. Get up. Everybody get up. Y'all, you didn't know what was coming when I was coming from Texas. I want you to you probably know the person you're sitting right by in this church. But there's somebody whose name either you don't remember, and that is fine. We cannot learn everybody's name the first time we meet them. Or somebody you've never met before. And I would just like you, this is what I do when I do children's ministry training for their volunteers. I teach them so they're comfortable saying, hi, I'm, I did it with y'all, some of y'all around the room. I just walked around the room and say, hi, Michelle, what's your name? Good to have you here. Do it. Everybody move. Find somebody you don't know and say, hi, I'm so-and-so. Glad you're here this morning. Do not pick your best friend. Somebody will point it out. You may have to walk a couple of pews. All right, now I need you back. I need you back. Come on back. Come on back. Come on back. All right, come on back. I, oh, you got a good group of fellowshippers here, no doubt. All right, okay. Build relationships. And let me tell you what I see. I'll, y'all can sit down. Thank you for doing that. I hope somebody feels more welcome today. And I hope you met somebody new today. And let me challenge you to take it beyond that. Um, I have a lot of women who are isolated. They're widows who come in my counseling office. And I really challenge them. Don't just go to women's Bible study. Get somebody's phone number and ask them to get a coffee. Invite them out to lunch afterwards. And you know what you're probably going to have? They're like, they're too busy. Or they don't, you know, they don't get me. They're, they got young kids. They won't have time. And I'm like, then ask one, ask 10. I wrote about this in Make Up Your Mind on the part of the cure for loneliness. 
Ask 10 people, one will say yes. Sometimes it takes that. It's not personal if they can't do it. It's just not the right match. Keep trying. It's kind of like dating when I was in my late 20s and early 30s. It took a lot to get there. Sometimes it takes a lot to build new relationships, but you need them. Some of your friends have moved. Some of your friends have gone on. And guys, y'all all think if you got to work and take care of your families and that's all the time you've got. But I can't tell you the difference a godly man will make in your life that can encourage you to love your wife and, you know, deal with her idiosyncrasies, whatever they may be. I'm a marriage therapist too, you know. So it, those kind of things like, you know, my husband, he likes everything in the cabinets. And I don't use it if it's not out. And it kind of makes him frustrated sometimes. And so sometimes it's just good to say, hear somebody say him say, I'm just so sick of it. And that guy say, but you love her. And he's like, yeah, I love her, you know. It's good. It's good to have that encouragement. The research says for kids, the research says kids are leaving the church faster than they ever have. But there's some great research on sticky faith out of California. And the thing that makes the most difference is if they or their parents are in a small group. So I want to encourage you as you're going to open up small group ministry for this fall to plug into a small group and do life with other believers. It makes a huge difference because sometimes my daughter won't hear what I say. I don't know why I think that my voice has become annoying all of a sudden. But she will hear the voice of another mother or a youth leader or someone else. And it will be the same thing I've said. Imagine that. But it didn't sound as smart when I said it for some reason. And people pay me to say this stuff. I tell her. It doesn't matter. Okay. Serve. Serve in the church, and here's why that's a great way to connect. Because you can make friendships through serving. You're side by side. Some of you don't like that face-to-face. It feels a little awkward. So side by side's a little easier. It also builds your skills that will light you up. This skill I have here started in a small church, about probably half this size, where I got to do like 15 minutes of a sermon one time when I was sharing about what the youth group and what God showed us on the youth group trip. We, we learn to get those skills built up. It builds up the light in us that allows us to shine to others. But I want to talk about what keeps us from connecting. And I want to be real honest about this stuff because I get this all the time in my office. Ever been in an unsafe church where scripture was used against you and you felt more judged than loved? Yeah, it's something we have to work on, right? It's the body of Christ. Not all churches are the same. And I may be speaking to you online too, because it's hard to come in sometimes to new doors. But I want to challenge you, find somewhere safe where you feel loved. Some of us rob ourselves because we sit there and compare ourselves to others. Oh, she looks nicer than me. I'm not dressed as well as her. Maybe I shouldn't be here. Yeah, I should. Because that, God's not looking at that. He's looking at your heart. He's not worried about what you got on. Some of us, after COVID, have experienced, we got used to being alone, like my son loves being alone. My husband, my, you know, COVID was rough on me and my daughter. We're people people. We like to be with people. We kind of miss the party. But my husband and my son were living their best lives, let me tell you. <laughs> you know, in their pajamas, doing school. Some of us got a little comfortable with that. And we're having a hard time breaking out of that. And some of us are feeling a little anxious when we do. When we're driving up. And anybody else sometimes feel like, I don't know if I want to do this. I don't know if I want to go. But then you feel really good when you went. Yeah. 
Sometimes we have to push ourselves through that because all of a sudden the comfort of home and our bathrobes and Netflix got pretty nice sometimes after busy days. And so we have to push ourselves to make that connection and rebuild your social muscles. Sometimes we have to teach kids social skills Just even the beginning, I work with a lot of kids who have social anxiety, and I have them learn three things that you can ask somebody else about that you're willing to talk about. Let's make it so you got a plan when all of a sudden your heart starts beating and your mouth gets dry and you don't know what to say. Let's figure that out in advance. What are three things you could ask somebody that you're willing to talk about? Because they might ask you back. It's a good way to overcome that. Some of us have taken differences personally. It's hard not to do that. I struggle with that sometimes. And I think we've got to learn to let that go. So what? Somebody in your group said one thing one day. They had a bad day. That's what grace is for. Because we all have them. Sometimes we don't edit well. And things come out of our mouths that don't even sound really good the way we say them. And sometimes we need to go to someone and say, When you said this, did you mean this? My husband, a lot of times when I say, honey, I heard this. And he's like, I don't know what you were listening to, but it wasn't my mouth. You know, sometimes it's the communication breaks down and it's important. And then some of us have had real church hurt. I was dealing with this this week. My sisters are both pastor's wives and preacher's kids. Man, they carry some hurt and sometimes well-meaning people have high, high standards for them. And they're humans just like any other kid. And it's hard. And some of us have had rejection in the church. Or we put a person kind of up as like a representative of God instead of God themselves. And they fell because men and women do. And then we became disenchanted with that. So I think it's really important we begin to work on healing and overcoming these obstacles. So we can connect well in the church. And then when we do that, we're equipped to connect to our community. See, Jesus said, first, I'm the light of the world. And then in Matthew, he says, guess what? Every one of you are the light of the world because you have his light in you. And it says it's not to be hidden, that we're not to put it under a basket. Did anybody else remember that song, This Little Light of Mine? I'm not going to do this, y'all. If it was my daughter, it'd sound beautiful. I'm going to let it shine, right? All around. And, I'm, and let me tell you what. You don't want to let Satan blow it out. And he's working hard to give you self-doubt, to make you feel like you're not enough, to make you think you don't matter, so that your light doesn't shine bright like it was meant to. Because guess who gets the glory for that light? Your Father in heaven. So I think there's some important ways to connect. And what you just did here, I hope you do in the community. Whether you're in a grocery store and you see somebody that, you know, you smiled at every day. Maybe one time just say, who are you? Hi, what's your name? I'm Michelle. Maybe you're dropping your kids off to school and you walk by the same woman. Maybe they walked, I I made a great friend. We just walked the same way and I finally said, we walk the same way. We must live close to each other. I'm Michelle. And then I said, you want to come in for coffee? And she's like, I got to go to work. And I'm like, oh, I do a lot of that too. When do you not, when do you have more time? She said, after kids go to bed. And I said, let's do that. Let's sneak out. (laughs) Let's sneak out together. She's like, oh, I like that idea. 
I think that's really important that we begin to do that, that we practice hospitality. I have a friend who wrote a book. She's from Austin called The Turquoise Table. And it's, and it, it's not so important you have a turquoise table, but it's the idea that you're opening it up. And she had a turquoise table. She put it out in her front yard, and she had Taco Tuesday. And she just spent like 20, 30 bucks on tacos. Anybody in the neighborhood who wants to come over, get a taco. And she began just sitting out there and meeting her neighbors and even did, was so intentional, she made a nap, map of the neighborhood and who lives where and began to make a difference in the light of the people around her. If you're like me and the house might not be so neat, you can use your local restaurant as your kitchen table and invite somebody just to go with you. Sometimes after soccer, I say, have y'all eaten? Y'all want to come? Let's grab a bite. And get to know somebody new. Because we're, we're around people all the time, but some of us are not very connected to anybody. And we're not meeting new people that we could actually talk about and be light and invite to places like this. Get involved in your community. And then the most important thing is be curious. I'm curious. I'm curious. Do you have grandkids? How old are they? Oh, we have grandkids the same age. I'm curious. Do you have any sisters? Oh, I do too. What's that like? Just starting somewhere. I think we go back to that cynicism sometimes. They're not going to like me. They've already got enough friends. Maybe not. Maybe they need some too. I love how Jesus asked questions. He was curious and he loves sinners well. And I think sometimes we're so, we as parents can get scared. Oh, I don't want anybody around my kids that might have different values than me. And I think we have to be careful. It shouldn't be our inner circle. But I think it's important that we're reaching out and we're meeting new people. And we're just being like kind and, and, and grateful. I had a woman, I was get, drawing blood for a blood test. And we were just kind of chatting. And I told her I, was, I needed to run home, that I'm getting ready to pack for a trip. And she's asking me some questions. And, and right as she was fishing up, she said, are you a Christian? And I was like, yeah, how did you know? She said, you just brought some kind of joy in this room. And I could sense it, she said. And it just encouraged me. She said, I am too. She said, it's fun to talk to you today. So you just take a minute, wherever you are, to shine a little light. Because at one time we were in darkness. But guys, we don't have to be scared of the darkness. Because we have the light of Christ in us. And it's going to go with us wherever we go. And it's going to help us with the darkness. And I think, like, this is how I talk about um, hope with kids in public schools. When I was a public school crisis counselor, I would use light and darkness. I couldn't talk about Jesus and the enemy. Like, I'm thinking the enemy wants to take you down, steal, kill, and destroy. But the way I could talk about it is, you feel a lot of darkness. Yeah, I do. It's, it, grief will bring that. We, we're, we, I heard you praying for that. And I saw the grief share sign. Grief will bring darkness. It's something we want to heal our way through, for sure. So, I want you to think about, so when you go to my counseling office, you leave with a takeaway plan. Like, I, you have to summarize what we talked about and what you're going to work on before you come back. Because the change happens not in the hour you're in my office. It happens the other 23 hours and six days that are in between. Sometimes it's even more. I think church is a lot like that. You know, you can hear a great message and sit here and go, mm-hmm, yeah, yeah. But I want to challenge you to think about what are you going to take away today? What are you going to actually apply in your life? Because that's what changes your brain. 
That's what, and when you change your brain, it's an organ. It'll change your body chemistry. It's kind of all of it working together. Your spirit, your mind, your body, your will, your emotions, all those things. So do you need to plug in the light? Maybe you're here and you really think, I don't know what that light feels like. I don't know if I've ever experienced the light of God like that. Maybe you even got dunked when you were six years old. But really and truly, you've never known what it's like to walk with God. And I'm not minimizing baptism, but sometimes that's what it is. If there's no real transformation, it's just getting wet. There's no raised and brought up to newness of life there. So uh, we want to invite you. We want to give you an opportunity now. If you want to come down here and you want to plug into the light, there's an opportunity for you to do that. Maybe you're plugged in, but you're not connected. And maybe you're here visiting and you don't have a church home. I love the way this church prays, has the prayer list, and it's family. They're praying for people. They're, they're loving people. I love how people greeted me all over the places I came in. Maybe it's time to connect with the church. Or maybe you're a member, because a lot of us do that. We join and we show up. But it's time to soak up some more of God's love by being with two or more and gather together in some way. So I want y'all to think about that. That may be something you act on in the next couple of weeks that you volunteer somewhere. Or maybe you sign up for a small group. And if they get too full, somebody can lead one. It'll all work. Or maybe you're kind of really comfortable in these walls. And it's time to make a new friend who doesn't know God and reach out and encourage someone. So we just want to give you a moment now. I'm going to pray and then I'm going to let Pastor Todd come back up and, um, and receive anyone who wants to be received and just give you a second to, to really think about how do I overcome those obstacles and how do I find light and hope and life today? Not in some Pollyanna perfect way, but in the reality of the struggles that are real. Father, I just thank you so much that you sent your son to be the light of the world. And in his light, there is no darkness. And God, we can come out of the worst darkness we've ever experienced through your light. That you are a lifeline. I pray for parents here and grandparents and mentors to become extension cords to help plug kids into that light who are struggling I pray those kids would become extension cords to other kids and they would share your light with others. And Lord, I just pray for those who are down and hurting today that they would know how loved they are, that you haven't forgotten them, you haven't forsaken them, and they would learn your promises and hold on to them. And that sometimes they would believe your truth over what they feel in the moment because sometimes those moments pass. And Lord, if... If there's anyone here who needs to connect today, I pray that you would just, I pray you'd give them courage. I pray that you would help them. The term I use, Lord, you've taught me so often with kids is to do it scared. Sometimes we have to do it scared. And I pray that you would give us the courage to be brave because we have your strength to do it scared. And Lord, then help us to be the light of the world, to shine your light brightly and not let the enemy burn it out, whiff it out, say a mean thing and make us want to crawl in our hole. Lord, help us to hold on to the truth 
and make your truth more valuable than what anyone else says about us. And I ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you, Michelle, so much for sharing a, a word that we all need to hear, that we need to stick close to the light, and the light of Christ is our hope. And maybe you're in a dark place right now in your life. It might be depression. It might be loneliness. Maybe you have found yourself as a Christian. Satan is attacking you right now in some form through your health or through a family situation or your finances or your work. And you want to know that God hasn't forgotten you, that he loves you and that he can strengthen you and heal you and deliver you and bring you to the light. But however the Holy Spirit leads, we're going to have a time of invitation. And, and if you want to come and pray at this altar, if you would like to make a decision for the Lord, you'd like to join a loving church family, it'd be my privilege to pray with you about however the Holy Spirit is leading. But I'm going to invite you right now to stand and we're going to have a time of decision, a time of commitment. And if you would just put your trust in him, I promise you he will help you through whatever it is that you're going through. But won't you come as we sing together?
want to thank you for coming today, and I know you want to help me in thanking, thanking Michelle Nieder for doing a great job today. Michelle, thank you so much. Please know you always have a home away from home from Dallas, and we'd love to have you anytime. Michelle, I think, is going to be back in the foyer, and she actually has a table with uh, some of her books. Feel free to stop by and say a word of appreciation for her being here today. And if you want a couple of good books, I know she'd be happy to, to set you up with one of those. But thank you all, church, again, for being here today allowing the Holy Spirit to be in this place. Thank you for the beautiful music from everyone. And I tell you what, um, staying home and not being able to be out with the church or to be at church, it reminded me, if I needed to be reminded, how important it is to be in God's house with other believers. When, when you are sick and when the warden puts you in solitary confinement... <laughs> I'm telling you, it's great to be set free and to be able to be with God's people, worshiping, singing praise together, hugging, uh, smiling, everything that you said, Michelle, so true. So thank you so much. Thank you all, church, for being here. I hope you have an awesome afternoon. Don't forget our students meet at 6 o'clock tonight. Love for you to plug in there. And i uh, excited to tell you that on August the 28th, on a Sunday evening, we're going to be having a ministry fair. All of our Sunday school classes are going to be showcased, as well as ministry opportunities, small group opportunities. If you're new or you've been coming to this church for years and you're like, you know, I've been wanting to try out a Sunday school class. I wanted to, be, I wanted to check out a small group. You're going to have an opportunity to do that and to learn more about how you can be plugged in and connected to God's church and his people. So thanks for being here, Bill. If you don't mind to lead us in a closing song, then I'll pray. And again, God bless you. Don't forget how much he loves you and how much we love you. Thank you so much for your light in this place, your light and love through your people. And we pray, God, that you would bless them as they go from this place, as our students go back into school, as we go back to our workplaces, as we go out into the community. May we share the light and love and the hope we have in Christ with others. And we'll give you all the glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Yeah, her son said, yeah.